So for about a year, year and a half, we went left to right uh, through the Bible on Fridays. And we, we went Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Kind of hard stop at Numbers. Now we're doing a little different. Right now in Tribe, we are reading the early parts of Genesis. The other day I was reading uh, some Joshua, some Psalms. I'm teaching through Luke 2. And so I'm kind of all over the place. But I will say this. There is a consistent theme when you go through Scripture that's hard to get away from. There's a consistent theme that continually shows up regardless of the individual we were looking at in, in the text, regardless of the culture of that time. No matter what, there's a consistent theme that continually shows up, and that theme is obedience to God. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, you will obey my commands. James 1, 22, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We can actually be guilty of deceiving ourselves by saying we believe something, but not actually living it out. So when it comes to obedience to God, smoke and mirrors will not be acceptable. Nothing but obedience is acceptable to God. And so as I read through different portions of Scripture, I see different elements, different depths of obedience. There's plenty of times in Scripture where you see people and they disobeyed, right? Um, you know, again, I'll go to like Jesus said, Luke 4, or forgive me, Luke six forty six. why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? People love the idea of a God who's watching out for them, who cares for them, who provides for them, but not necessarily a God who might hold them to, well, the standard that we know that God expects. And so... I, what I want to do for this Quiet Life podcast is just share some scripture. But let's talk about this. You know, if you look at Noah, Noah was obedient to God in a time that would have been really difficult to be obedient to God. And, and, and maybe a way to, to kind of frame this so we can kind of get a different perspective on it is just consider yourself. I've, I consider myself here. How do you feel when someone does not listen to you. Let's not even use the word obey. Because obey, if we we put it in the wrong context, we can look at like a a father lording something over like a four-year-old. You obey, right? And and we're grown men. We don't don't like that frame of mind. But in a lot of ways, that, that is pretty true when it comes to us and our relationship with God. We are in Christ. We are children of God. But how do you feel when someone does not obey you, does not listen to you, does not heed the instruction that you have provided. And we're nobody. I know from a pastoral perspective, I can teach for 30 minutes a week, or I can, you know, shake hands, kiss babies. You know, you can try to be great at the door. You can try to whatever you can come. You want to come up with maybe you know, a a small group or a men's group, or what if we, what if we talk about this? What if we do this? What if we, you know, try to, you know, at the end of the day, these people are going to leave the place and decide to do whatever they want to do. The hard part is from a human perspective is when you find out they weren't doing any of those things and they're making an utter mess of their life. Then they want to come back and say, Hey, would you help me straighten this thing out? You're like, well, 
what are, what are we doing all the time? Like, what are we trying to do here? This this is not for entertainment purposes only. And I think God looks at us that way at times as well and saying, what are we doing here? And so when you look at the life of Noah, incredibly obedient. Then you got Abraham. He's pretty obedient. Luke, or forgive me, Luke. Genesis 12, he leaves his home. Before we get out of the chapter, he's already saying, she's my sister. Boy, trusted God enough to leave, not enough to uh, hold fast when times got hard. They're going to kill me. God just said, anybody that curses you, I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to, I'm going to curse them. He said, I don't know, man. They're going to see my wife and think she's good looking and they're going to wipe me out. He didn't trust him enough, did he? But he, but he did. He worked on it, right? And so, you know, Genesis you know, 13, 14, you know, he's, he trusted God and Genesis 15, God says, come outside, look up, look at the stars. If you can count them, walk the, 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 the length and the breadth of the land. And so he's working on it. Simple obedience is a lifetime pursuit. Simple obedience is a lifetime pursuit. We are going to try to continually follow God every day of our life. And listen, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Obedience is simple. If I tell my kid, go put your shoes on, and then three minutes later I look and they have no shoes on their feet, and I know we communicated, that's not obedience, right? It's pretty clear. You did or you didn't. Genesis chapter 26, verse 5, God's promise to Isaac, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, he says, I'm going to continue on this covenant promise with you as well. Well, Isaac's going to get to pass that on in Genesis 27. He's going to bless Jacob. Now, not in the most ideal circumstances. Jacob pulling a fast one on the old father there while Esau's out, you know, knocking one down so he can come in and prepare some game for his, for his father. But the promise continues. You go to the book of Exodus, time and time and time again, you see uh, Moses being obedient. Moses did not apply for that job. I'm not sure Moses really wanted that job. Moses was like me. He had some survival skills. He was good at kind of disappearing or trying to fade out. seems like Moses at times was better by himself. <laughs> I've said that about myself. I'm, I think sometimes I'm better by myself. I'm, I, I'm not. There's not a line of people hanging out outside the door waiting to hang out, right? They're like, man, I don't know. He's kind of a jerk. Kind of. I understand. I get it. Moses said, I didn't ask for this, but God placed him in that place, in that position, continually interceding on behalf of the nation of Israel. Sometimes they appreciate it. Most of the times they didn't. Having to deal with some some turmoil internally, externally. And Moses continually were striving to obey the voice of the Lord. But we know him for that time where he slapped the rock twice and kind of lost his cool and said, do we have to keep doing? He kind of tried to tell God, scoot over, I'm going to sit on this chair with you. And uh, we, we want to remember that. That's why obedience is so important because if we're not careful, we try to tell God, scoot over a little bit. I just I just need to get a, just get one cheek on here. I'm just going to sit down for real quick. And uh God says, I'm, I'm not sharing my glory with, with anybody. I'm, I'm, that, that's not how this works. And so obedience is a great way of keeping us humble. 
you go down the road and it said, obey the traffic laws. I'm like, I'll do what I want. But actually, I'll probably obey the traffic laws because I really don't want to pay a ticket. But if you get if you get in trouble, you get in trouble. If you did it, you did it. A handful of years ago, I was going somewhere in this area. I'd never been there before, and I was meeting a, a guy for lunch. And I had someone tailing me. I mean, it's not it's normal here in Indianapolis. Everybody thinks they're in the 500. But I had someone tailing me, and I'm kind of, you know, checking the mirror like, what's your deal, man? And uh, all of a sudden, I noticed they kind of backed off a bit. I thought, good. And we're going through these. I don't know if y'all have, but we have roundabouts. They must be cheaper than, than traffic lights or something. People say uh, it keeps traffic moving faster. I don't know. I don't know, man. They're foreign to me. But we have these roundabouts, so I'm doing kind of these roundabout, and have one that's not a, like a complete figure eight, but it's kind of like a snowman figure eight, if you know what I'm talking about. And I'm kind of doing that. <clears throat> Next thing I know, that car is way, way back, and there's a car that's taken his spot, a police car with his lights on. So I pull over. Guy says, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, I have no idea. He said, you were going, goodness, I don't know what it was, 40 and a 20. It was, it was substantial. I was going what was the speed limit until I got into a school zone. I didn't know I was in a school zone. Every hundred yards here, there's a school zone. So I, I said, man, I, also, I, I didn't know. And he was nice. Knocked the ticket down a little bit. The price changed a little bit. I still had to pay for it. I still got whatever happens to your license or whatever. You know what? I deserved it. I did it. I don't like it. I don't think it's quote-unquote fair right because i didn't know where i was at it doesn't matter you were in a school zone they have set speed limits in school zones because they have decided that's a safe speed that children parents buses whatever is happening in a school zone can navigate without fear of their life well if you got this guy me not paying attention and getting in a you know some kind of mental battle with a car behind me not paying attention what i'm doing I do put other people at risk. You see, that's why it's so vital we understand what's in the Word of God. Because you and I can say, well, I didn't know. Well, we, we can know because we've been, given, we've been given this book. We have been given this book that gives us more than enough instruction on how to navigate life. But if we're honest, when it comes to our walk with God, most of the time the reason why we didn't do something is not because we didn't know. Most of the time, it's just because we were lazy, apathetic, or we just figured it wasn't a big deal if we didn't do it. And then when we experience the consequences of that apathy or laziness or neglect, we say, well, that didn't seem fair. I'll go back to this. With this book, we have been given more than enough instruction on how to live our life. There, there, you can't read too many pages in this Bible and not find a place where God is not instructing somebody and telling them this is the option. Choose life or choose death. Now, if they choose death and they choose sin, they chose their flesh, and they get the consequences of it, you're not going to find, well, I can't think of anybody who said, now that is what we were looking for. We were looking for the consequences of our actions. You're not going to find too many people 
that are going to say that anywhere. They're usually going to say, it's not fair. You know, I, I didn't know, or I'm, I'm a pretty good person or whatever. God has laid this out for us. God has laid this out for us. Now, not to use the old adage, like the devil made me do it, but make no mistake about it. Satan is going to tempt you in the most casual, the most comfortable ways possible to ignore the things of God that you know are true. I'll go back to James. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He said, well, I'm tempted to uh, open up that app and kind of do that death scroll. You ever done that? That's pretty much regrettable. Digital sugar, whatever you're trying to consume. Man, I'm tempted to uh, tell that juicy piece of gossip I got there. I, boy, I'll tell you what. They they think that person so great. Wait, wait, wait till they hear this. So don't, don't do that. You know, and I'm tempted to just, you know, go around, run around on my wife. I'm tempted to just tell my kids they can go, they can go shove it. They're, they're not, they don't think, they don't appreciate nothing. I'm tempted to tell my boss or I'm tempted, man, it, it, it's subtle, right? And if we're in Christ, we know that's, that's not what a man of God does. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty eight, he said, but blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Does keep it mean you print it off and put it in your pocket? Not necessarily, but that's not a bad idea to take a scripture, print it off, write it on an index card, a post-it note, whatever works for you. Put it in your pocket. If you're like me, I'm in my pockets all day long for something. Wallet, keys, handkerchief, whatever. I mean, I'm constantly got my hand in there just out of boredom, whatever. Maybe put something in there that would be a good reminder. But this hear the word of God and keep it, uh, this is this is applying it. This is applying it. Um, you know, you go back to Joshua 1. I was talking about reading Joshua the other day. Joshua 1, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Uh, he The charge is, let me just turn there. The ch- I want to make sure I get this right. So God is telling Joshua, be strong and courageous, strong and courageous. Like, yeah, we, we like that. Joshua is a, a book that, you know, men's ministry, they, they, they're, they're attracted to, right? It's, it's very man-friendly. James is pretty man-friendly as well. Those are two books we kind of lean into. Je, uh, forgive me, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law. Now, I, what is the law that God would be referencing to Joshua? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. <clears throat> So that means it should be part of our conversation. How's that working out for you? I've been around a lot of really good Christian men, but when we talk Bible, they become mute. And I don't think it's an extra dose of humility that they think I should just listen because these guys are so wise. I think it's because we have this thing where I have nothing to add to the conversation, which could not be further from the truth, but it shouldn't depart from your mouth. Just Joshua? No, all of us. How are we going to do that? But you shall meditate on it day and night. Again, go back to that verse. Put it in your pocket. Put it on the index card. Stick it in your lunchbox. Put it on the dash of your vehicle if you do a lot of driving and stuff. Put it somewhere where you're consistently seeing, you know, whatever's going on. I have a kind of a setup here. I have a laptop and I have an extra screen. The extra screen is where I can see the recording and stuff. When in my office, I have a laptop and an extra screen. And so 
this extra screen laptop. There's kind of this yard between the two. There's constantly, it seems like, not today though, there's constantly something sitting there that I want to remember. Maybe it's an event that needs to happen. Maybe it's someone I'm praying for. I got a guy in tribe right now I'm praying for, and so I have his card where I see it <clears throat> quite often. And so I put something there. I'm gonna. That's where I. That's how I'm my landing spot. So I put stuff there. I don't want to forget that. I'll give you an example of what's over here right now. I'm gonna grab it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. I'm gonna try to get it off here. I didn't realize it was stuck down to the. It's this uh, green piece of paper that I don't want to get rid of. <clears throat> and I want to remember this every time I look at it. My son, you can see it there. My son wrote a note one day right here because I spend too much time here. And it said, I wish he could play with me. You want to talk about getting kicked. That was getting kicked. And so uh, from that point on, I said, all right, man, I got to do a better job of that. Because I don't want that note, for whatever reason he wrote that, I told him, I said, son, you can always ask me to play with you, man. You know, But he didn't feel like he could. I don't know why. You say, what does that have to do with obedience? It's about cultivating the relationship. I don't walk around saying, oh, I can't do that. I'm obeying my wife. I don't have to say that. I don't have to do that. I obey her by honoring her. I obey her by not living in a way that's contradictory to the vows that I made to her. I obey her by communicating with her. I obey her by wearing a wedding band. I'm a firm believer and you need something. I don't care if you tattoo something on there. It's just, it's just a, a signifies I'm committed. I, I obey her by being responsible by the way I talk about her. To her and, and behind her back. I, I'm not going to dishonor her. The God, our God is the same way. Our, our God is the same way. Just like that note, I wish he could play with me. I just have a feeling that God, through his scriptures, is saying, man, I wish he would listen to me. I wish he would talk to me. I wish he would read my word. I wish he knew what was in that book. I wish he would take this thing serious because when you do, man, it changes everything. From that point on, from this post-it note sitting here, it, it, it has completely changed that relationship. I was becoming stagnant. I was neglecting my responsibility. I, I just figured he saw me here. He knew, man, dad's doing something. He's got to work. He's got, you know, that's not, that's not, that was not an accurate perception of what was going on. The thing is with, with God, he knows. He knows. And he knows if we're intentionally neglecting obedience or not. Back in Exodus, back in Exodus, God is talking about obedience uh, to the nation of Israel. And he says, it's going to be different. It's going to be different if you obey me. Exodus 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if, those two letters are so powerful, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. You shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. What on earth could you exchange in favor of disobeying God? What on earth could you receive or 
embrace or experience, that would be a good exchange rate to say that that's much better than me obeying God. If we are honest with one another, which I think is a huge step in obedience, we'd say nothing. There's absolutely nothing that that is worth it. So, man, I just want you to think about that. There's some scriptures there. Went through a lot, mostly Old Testament, some new with Jesus speaking. But here's, here's the bottom line. Simple obedience is a lifetime pursuit. As men in the Bible got older, their life did not get easier. As they got older, the attacks of the enemy intensified. They were more tempted to throw in the towel. They are more tempted to take shortcuts. They are more tempted to just feel like they are washed up. As they got older, Satan ramped up the, the attacks. So I do not know what season of life you're in. Maybe you're a young buck and you feel like, I got all the time in the world. I'll get this thing figured out eventually. Uh, blink and you'll realize you're running out of time. That's how that works. That's how that works. Maybe you're kind of middle of the road saying, man, I thought I'd be better, further along than this. But you know, hey, at least I'm not what I used to be. Yeah, man, you could take the used-to-be's with you for the next decade or two if you're not careful. Or maybe you're on the other side and you say, well, I don't know how much time I got left. I'm on, you know, I'm just kind of getting washed up here. Just sit me on the sidelines and I'll just cheer for y'all. Y'all do a good job. Nah, that's not. We need everybody involved in this. Your obedience helps spur on my obedience. I hope my obedience will spur some of y'all towards obedience. Amen. I'll talk to you in a bit. <laughs>